0: exchange a podium for a stool. But you'll be glad that I'm sitting on a stool, otherwise I'd be lying on the floor within a few minutes. (laughs) I have a hard time staying upright. Uh, Sitting's fine, standing's not very good. Um, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Peace be to all, That's what we're going to talk about today, because many times when you hear that or you say it, you wonder, and you wonder it so often you don't even think about it, what's this peace be to all business, because you say to yourself, I don't have a whole lot of peace. Now, Isn't that true? Don't you spend a lot of your life not having much peace? Well, the confessions of an old priest who's racing towards 84, I've got to tell you, I have spent and do spend a lot of time when I'm not very much at peace. And that ain't right, is it? Now, I have a luxury that, Many priests don't have. I've, I remember all the years when it was up to me to make sure I had a fresh homily every single Sunday. Now I have a luxury where, uh, you know, I told Father Nicholas, "Don't even put me on the schedule," but he keeps putting me on the schedule. That's I appreciate that uh, very much. But it gives me time to make a lot of preparation. And this particular homily has been sitting down in my guts for at least three months. I've said almost every week, that's what I'm going to give next time. And I, of course, I always ask him, uh, this is what I'd like to preach about. Is that OK with you? Because I don't want to get up here and do something that ain't going to fit with what he wants done. But. Peace is a huge problem, and it's actually a big part of our liturgy. I don't know how many peace be to alls there are between Vespers and Matins and liturgy. I never counted them. There's a lot of them. But by the way, I sure like it when you answer back. When I I do the peace, I want to hear back from you and to your spirit. And that sort of nails the point at which you will know where you want your peace. I want peace in my spirit. That's where I want peace. Even if I am in the middle of a great conflict, I want peace in my spirit. I remember listening to Billy Graham preaching one time. By the way, I am a lover of Billy Graham. I really am. And I remember his preaching one time about this very issue of peace and how you could be in the midst of the greatest of conflict of a war and yet be at peace in your spirit. As a matter of fact, in the in the memorized testimony that it was mandatory to give and the years I was in Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, mine rested around, not three points, but four. Pardon, peace, purpose, and power. These are the things Christ will give you. But many times when I would give that testimony, which I probably gave at least two or three or four thousand times, that's not an an exaggeration, I would even say to myself, I mean, when you when you've done this so many times, it's so memorized, it's such a sugar stick that you just you can think about all kinds of other things while your mouth's going. And I would say to myself while well, I was talking about Christ will give you pardon, peace, purpose, and power in your life, and I would say to myself, I don't have a lot of pardon, peace, purpose, and power, and I'm telling these kids that if they'd received Christ into their life, they'd have pardon, peace, purpose, and power. And I wondered about a certain degree of hypocrisy there. So where I'm heading is to help you and me to have peace, peace in your spirit, no matter what's going on in the world. I can only give a little, and I'm aware there's a parish life meeting, a parish uh, business I know there's something coming later, so it'll be short. Well, sort of short. Just to get it in a just to get this in context, I have probably preached two or three hundred sermons on Romans 12, 1 and 2. You say, Father John, you exaggerate. No, it might be more than that. I've preached a lot of sermons, but I've never given a sermon on some of the texts that follow. I'm going to give you the context, and here we go. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If... It is possible, we're coming to my punchline, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all men. It'll change your life if you learn how to live at peace with all people. You know, some of those admonitions are directed particularly towards people in the church. Kindly affectionate with brotherly love. I mean, you know, there's, there's so much that we need for each other. But when he gets to this one about peace, he says, with as much as it depends on you. Because in a conflict, in a war, not everything depends on you. Part of it depends on who the other party is to the conflict. But as much as is within you, live at peace with all men. Now, how do we go about this? Confessions of an old priest. You cannot Fathom the amount of energy, and I am a high-energy person, the amount of energy I have burned in having conflict in outward things. I mean, Father Nicholas has been to enough conferences where I've been to see where I have not been at peace with all men, From his eminence on down, or up, however he would like to have it done. And there are a few people who would say, well, Father John's a little volatile. Which is probably an understatement. I am so sorry. I am so sorry because it took away my peace. Never once did it leave me at peace in my spirit, because I was angry, (coughs) and it was a conflict. And I was right, and my enemy was wrong, and he needed to be defeated. Peace, peace, the absence of conflict. That's not all it means, but that's where I'm going to leave it today. The absence of conflict, just not carrying on a war. Now, sometimes you get into those things where you're carrying on a war. I can solve almost every single marriage problem there is if you just stop yelling at each other. if you would just not fight. Not only don't fight in front of the children, don't fight in front of yourselves. You say, Father John, people at St. Athanasius might argue with each other and have great conflict in a marriage? No. Not us. We're good. But that's not really where I want to dwell. Oh, I want one more thing. Don't yell at your children. Do everything you can to not have conflict with your children. And children, hey, kids, are you listening to me? Yeah, listen. Don't argue with your parents. Stop it. St. Paul, in his list of 21 items of really bad stuff in Romans chapter 1, one of of those is children being disobedient to parents. That's serious. You want peace with your kids. Kids! You want peace with your family. But I don't, that's a... It's not a rabbit trail, and I'd planned it, but it's kind of a sidelight. Where I want you to have peace is to stop arguing, stop fighting with people that you don't even see, but it all goes on in your mind. If I were to have a conversation with Father Nicholas, this is what I'd say to him. I'd let him know, what a jerk. (laughs) I'd let him know how wrong he is. You wouldn't do that, would you? I'd never say it to him, and honestly, I don't think about it, but it's, Father Nicholas isn't my problem. You are. <laughs> How many of you, don't raise your hand, I don't have enough stoles. <laughs> How many of you have carried on an argument in your mind, a fight, conflict? with the president of the United States I have how many of you have carried on a fight with someone in here carried on an argument where someone that you, you, you they've done you wrong and they may have but you don't argue with you don't carry on the conflict out out loud you don't actually enter into it verbally, but you do argue with them. I mean, it's a conflict. You're not ever going to know peace in your spirit when you do that. One of the dumbest things I do, and I call it a sin, and I called it a sin last night. I pulled up to a stop sign. I mean, I'm just driving my car home from... Vespers. there's nobody around nobody and because my oldest son has a propensity to come to a total complete stop at every stop sign I have tried to follow his example because I think he's right so I come to this stop sign you know the other side of Walgreens And I actually come to a complete stop. But in my mind, I imagine a cop. Can you you imagine that it would do this? And not only do I imagine a cop, he pulls me over because he says I didn't come to a complete stop. And I sit at the stop sign, and and I'm driving that block home by the old people's place over there. I know nothing about old people's places. But uh, the rest of the block, I am not at peace. Do you know why? You do know why, don't you? I'm fighting with a cop that doesn't even exist. Not only that, but I took it a step farther. I say to him, if this case goes to court, you better be there, and you better be prepared, because I came to a, I'm not telling, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm going to tell him I did come to a complete stop. Not only that, but I say, I got to get one of those gadgets on my car where it takes a movie of it. And then I spring the movie on him in court. You say, Father John, you're an idiot. (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good evaluation. Isn't that stupid? You know what it did? I know what I'm going to preach on today. I know what I'm going to do. And here I am, utterly out of peace. I'm in absolute conflict in a situation that doesn't exist. Father John, you need to shrink. <laughs> I'm not alone. One or two of you have done something like this before. My plea. In this whole list of things St. Paul gives that how to live in the family of God, One of the most important, not just with the people in the parish, not just with Christian people, with all people, live at peace. And you know what I said to myself before I got home? And this part's encouraging. I said, I'm preaching on this tomorrow, and I do know what to do. I can stop this. With the help of God, I can stop this. I can stop these infernal arguments that I carry on inside. Particularly today, you know you're not supposed to fight with each other, don't you? You know that. Isn't that right? You understand that. But it's okay if you do it in your head. It's okay if you do it. No, it's not okay. Well, why isn't it okay? Well, number one, it's a sin. But number two, It steals your peace. Why doesn't that Deacon Gary do a better job of deaking? By this time, he ought to know better than to do it that way. Now, I pick him because you probably don't do that, because Deacon Gary's a perfect deacon. Deacon Scott on the other hand. (laughs) But do you understand what I'm trying to communicate today? I'm trying to communicate, don't carry on conflict in your head and in your heart. Be at peace. Be at peace with your husband. Be at peace with your wife. Be at peace with your priest. Be at priest with your deacon. Be at peace with your brothers and sisters. Be at peace with a driver who cuts in front of you. Be at peace with someone who says a cruel word to you. You can do it. You have the help of God. Sunday after Pentecost, you have the Holy Spirit. But when you let yourself go to war in your head, you'll never have peace in your heart. So, with as much as it is within your power, be at peace with all.